The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Have you wrongly resigned yourself with the thought that's just the way it is? And as a result, you've believed, I can't make a difference. Or you've thought, what difference can I really make? The hardest place to make a difference is in your own home, your own neighborhood, your own city. And there's a couple of reasons why. Because those in, immediately in our lives know us best and we know them. And as a result, right, familiarity breeds contempt, meaning others don't believe we can make a difference. They're used to us. They know who we are, we know them. And so we hold each other back from rising to our greatest potential. And then there's a second reason, and this one is equally troubling. It's the blindness of inattention. We get used to the problems and the pain and the challenges and the concerns that are all around us. The longer you live in the mess, the more comfortable you become with the mess. The reality is there are certain smells and sights that you've just gotten used to, and as a result, you don't feel the need to change it. We're not motivated to change what we've become comfortable around. And so what have you become comfortable around? What have you gotten used to that's just the way it is? Or even if you want it to change, you kind of think, well, that's someone else's problem, someone else can change it. And here's the reality. Whether you see it or not, there are challenges and pains and problems in our cities. That's right. And it's not just the result of a pandemic or a post-pandemic reality. No, the pandemic only exacerbated the problems that already existed in our own homes, in our neighborhoods, in our classrooms, in our cities. Problems like what? Well, you know, we were facing economic turmoil before the pandemic. There were rising rates of child abuse and domestic violence that were only exacerbated by the pandemic and a post-pandemic reality. That's right, where we've seen the rates of drug addictions continue to skyrocket. The rates of suicide and suicide attempts continue to go up. People trapped in human trafficking and vulnerable children uh, becoming even more likely to be abused or neglected or left behind in the education system or ending up in the foster care system, right? Like the needs and the crises around us have only been exacerbated by this season, but they were there all along, but often we don't notice. And so then the question becomes, well, what can we do about it? Let me introduce you to a doctor, Dr. Luke, who spent his education and his life trying to treat people. He, he cared for people, he served them, but he saw the limit of how far his education could bring him and how far his care and compassion could uh, provide or meet the needs in his own community and city. And Dr. Luke met people who believed in Jesus. He noticed they were different. They, they weren't limited by 
education or profession. They were making a profound difference in the world around them. And so he was attracted to the early church. Talk about the first century church where a man named Luke came and even though he was an outsider to Judaism and Christianity, he became curious. So curious that he investigated the life and teachings of Jesus. He interviewed people who were eyewitnesses to the life of Jesus. And he became persuaded that Jesus is who he said he was. So he became part of the church. And then he wrote a two-volume set. First, about the life and teachings of Jesus. And then a second part about the story of the early church. And in uh, his first volume called The Gospel of Luke, which is included in the Bible, Luke records the story of Jesus. Now, if I, if I tell you the story of Jesus, you gotta begin where it begins. Not just with Jesus' um, virgin birth, but as he begins his ministry. So the story is this. Uh, Jesus went out into the desert wilderness for 40 days where he spent time praying and fasting as he prepared to begin his formal ministry. He came home, he was baptized by John, and then he began to preach about how the kingdom of God is coming from heaven to earth. And after, after he's preaching and he's well received in the surrounding community, he eventually does this. He comes home. In fact, if we jump into the story, it's found in Luke chapter four, and I'm gonna read verse 16 where it simply says this. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And I, I wanted just to focus on that verse for a moment because it's really vital. Here's the thing. Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, he, he's preaching in surrounding villages and communities, and people are welcoming him. But he saw it vital that he came home to announce the beginning of his ministry work. Where did he go to make that announcement? Right in his own, his own hometown, where he knew he would not be so easily received. I mean, his brothers and sisters and mom and dad live there. I mean, they see their brother coming home, right? This isn't exactly a place where he's gonna receive a parade of welcome. And there's a key vital part, right? It's not that we have, you know, we're not trying to be Jesus. At least no one is ever gonna be Jesus, who is going to come to rescue the world, to die on a cross, to rise from the dead. But every one of us are called to be like Jesus and to be Jesus in our world. And so that's the key principle. Jesus not only came home to Nazareth, but you and I are challenged to change our world. Let me challenge you. Change your world. There's a moment where we have to recognize that our greatest work is going to happen in our own home in our own neighborhood, in our community, in our city. That's right. You don't need to try to change the world, change your world and be the change that you believe your world most needs. So that the hardest place to ever make a difference is in your own home, in your own neighborhood. And the hardest person you'll ever change is yourself. That's right. In order to change your world and be the change your world needs, you need to change. Because the reality is the world around us is broken and it's not the way it's supposed to be. I think any one of us can admit that. The world we live in is broken. 
But it's not just that the world around us is broken. If you and I are honest, I'm broken. You're broken. We're broken. And broken people break the world around them. And so a key part of why the world around us is broken is because there's something broken inside of every one of us. And it's not just that our feelings are hurt or something is not quite right in the way we think. It's that we are spiritually broken. And that spiritual brokenness means that we're separated from relationship with God. What's missing inside of you is a deep need or a deep relationship with God. And so you're left broken with a void that only God can fill. And the brokenness means that no matter what else you put in, nothing will ever satisfy. So at the core of your problem and my problem is this spiritual problem called sin. Sin separates us from relationship with God. And then sin spreads from me to you. The brokenness in me breaks relationships and broken relationships break a community. And it leads to division. It leads to political rage. It, it leads to, to riots and hate and hurt and troubles and divisions and destruction in our cities, our streets, our communities, and our classrooms. But the only way for that to be turned around is for my heart to change, for your heart to change. And that change only can begin by addressing the spiritual problem called sin. And that's exactly what Jesus announced when he came home to his own community, to the, home where, to the hometown where he was raised. It says this, if you continue to read in verse 17, he stood up and he read, meaning he came into the synagogue, where, in, the, in the, the, the place where he had grown up, uh, grown up. And there's always a, a place in the synagogue service where a visiting rabbi was invited to uh, stand up to read a passage of scripture and then to offer some commentary. And so that's exactly what happened. Jesus was invited to stand up and read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then the passage continues, it says that Jesus rolled up the scroll and he said, today this passage is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus said, I didn't come just to tell you about good news, but to bring good news. The, the word good news is also translated the gospel. It's the it's the message of Jesus. So the only way to know, hear about good news is to acknowledge the bad news. And the bad news that Jesus was speaking about was the fact that you and I are corrupted by sin and the sin in us corrupts the world around us. It metastasizes and spreads and it destroys. And so Jesus said, I came to bring good news and to preach good news. And the good news that he preached was himself. He said, I am the answer to the questions you're asking. I'm the solution to the problems you're facing and I am the healing to the hurts that you're experiencing. I'm the only one that can overturn the hate and reverse the curse that's staining our cities. How did Jesus do that? It wasn't just that Jesus came to preach, he came to rescue. 
Jesus' mission wasn't just to tell us the good news, but to be good news. How? Jesus took on our fight with sin, the sin that destroyed and corrupted us. And sin sets us up for a forever far from God. That's the judgment of sin. So Jesus intervened and took that judgment on himself. When he died, he died in our place, in your place, in my place, in the place of every person that's in our city. And when he rose from the dead, he was giving victory. His resurrection became the victory that you and I need so that we could receive new life and forever life through faith in Jesus Christ. And when you are filled with new life, you share new life. When you receive forever life, you bring forever life to others. Here's the key. If you and I are gonna be the change that the world around us needs, we must be changed. That's right. You and I need to be changed so that we can bring the change that we've experienced to others. If you're going to change your world, you need to be changed. And I assure you of this, you are the hardest person to change. I am the hardest person I'll ever change, right? And the, the truth is, the reality is that I'm the hardest person to lead. It's leading myself. I'm the hardest person to change, changing myself. You will have to work harder at seeing your life changed than any other person you'll ever interact with. Why? Because you can't change you. Only Jesus can change you. Jesus is the change that you and I need in our lives. And when you and I experience new life through faith in Jesus, he changes us from the inside out. Where are you hurting? I promise you, Jesus is the healing for your hurt. Where are you trapped in the chains of addiction and bondage and maybe it's your thinking or your emotions that are chained or trapped? Jesus is your freedom. That's what he read when he opened up that scroll. It says this, he said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to, um, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. All those things that Jesus is saying, he goes, I'm the change that you need. You, you need to be changed before you can change your world. Do you need freedom? It's found through faith in Jesus Christ. You need to, you need to find liberty from the things that are holding you back. Jesus is the change that you need. You, do you need your eyes opened to see clearly? Jesus is the one that gives sight to the blind. He's the one that heals the hurts. He's the one that um, helps us overcome division, and bias, and prejudice. Every broken place in your heart can only be healed through faith in Jesus. And Jesus didn't come to offer some cheap um, light fix. He came to offer us forever wholeness. And so your step and my step is to have faith in Jesus Christ and invite him to be the rescuer of our hearts, the Lord of our souls, the savior of our life. And when I am changed, that change impacts others. Life change happens here. God wants to change your life through faith in Jesus. And here's the profound thing that happens. When you and I experience life change, changed people 
change people. In fact, if we continue to read more of the story of Jesus, what we discover is how he impacts people's lives. So I'm gonna give you two quick examples of that. First is a story of a woman who, it was obvious that there was a deep void in her life, and so she didn't know where to turn. She didn't recognize that it was a spiritual void. She thought it was a need for relationships with men. And so what she did was she went from man to man to man looking for satisfaction. And Jesus meets her, and the story is found in the Gospel of John chapter four. Jesus meets her, and, she, and her life is changed. And then, it, and then it simply says this in John chapter four, verse 28. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way toward him. <laughs> it's interesting that this woman who encounters Jesus, she, she immediately goes home to her own village, her own town, where people know her best. They know her flaws. They know her past. And she says, come meet a man who knew everything about me, who changed me. Could this be the Messiah? Could this be the one that could change every one of our lives? And then there's a, a second story of, an, of another individual. Jesus meets this man who's referred to in the Bible as like a, a, a demon-possessed man. I mean, there's clearly a lot of issues inside of him, and some of those issues are spiritual. And Jesus speaks freedom to this man, and he's set free from the demons that are in him, and now he wants to get away because he had caused a lot of problems in his hometown. He had hurt people. They had to literally wrap him in chains to try to keep him from causing damage in the city. And Jesus healed this man and set him free. And the man wanted to come with Jesus. But Jesus said this, return home. This is found in the gospel of Luke chapter eight, verse 39. Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. And there it is. The key is, change your world. You notice what each situation had in common? After these individuals encountered Jesus and their life was changed, they went home to their own village, to their own town, to their own community, their own classroom, and they shared the good news of God's love, and they shared how their life was changed. This woman said, come meet a man who changed my life. Could it be? And, and let me give you an encouragement. For you and I to change our world, we have to first acknowledge that we have to be changed and that what our world needs is the change we've experienced. You're not trying to, and you're not trying to force change on anyone. You're saying, could it be that the change I've experienced could change you. Come and see. Could it be that what I've experienced, you might experience too? This man who had been, his life had been devastated by spiritually demonic things and wreaked havoc in his life. He's set free and he wants to get out of there because he, you know, he recognized that there's people who know his past. But Jesus says, no, go home and tell everyone how your life has been changed. And then he goes home and he begins to tell all over town 
how Jesus changed his life. And so the key here is that changed lives change lives. The key for you is this. What Jesus has done in you is the change your marriage needs, your home needs. The change you've experienced is the change your neighborhood, your city street, your community, and your city needs. You and your life change are what will change your community. Be the change in your world. And so what does that mean? It means don't be afraid to share your story. Just don't hide what God has done in you. If Jesus is the most significant person in your life, then let people know. I mean, if no one ever heard me talk about my wife or my kids, they might, number one, not think that I have a wife or children, or if they found out, they might think, wow, he must not really like them. It might not be that big of a deal in his life. Look, if you believe in Jesus and you love Jesus and Jesus has changed your life, then by all means, tell people about Jesus and how much Jesus has done in and through you. The healing you've experienced will heal your city. The change you've experienced will create change in your city. Love people, love people. Forgiven people, forgive people. Change people, change people. You could be the change, and what that means is you change your world. So I wanna invite you to respond right now. First, recognize that it has to begin in my heart and your heart. Would you, would you be ready to make a commitment right now? You're saying yes to Jesus, and so can I encourage you, in, whether you're joining us online, you're joining us at one of our campuses, would you just take a moment and close your eyes? And if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, you're ready to say, I need to experience that life change. Would you say yes to Jesus and raise your hand high? Maybe even if you're sitting behind a computer, you're, you're online with us, you're gonna raise your hand high and say, yeah, that's me. You're joining us in person. Would you raise your hand high? One of our hospitality team wants to come and put a card in your hand. We wanna encourage you to fill that out. Let us know that you're making this commitment. You're saying yes to Jesus because we know that you can't do that alone. We wanna encourage you. We wanna cheer you on. And so if you fill out that card, one of our pastors will follow up with you and encourage you as you begin this new journey in relationship with God. Would you say yes to Jesus right now? Heavenly Father, for those that are saying yes to Jesus, I pray that they would meet you and they would encounter you in an amazing way, that they would experience life change like never before, that the change we need in our communities, the change we need in our city would begin in our own hearts, that you would change us first. And then God, together we can celebrate that life change happens here. Thank you for the gift of new life. Thank you for the good news of your love, Jesus. We celebrate that in your name, amen. Now, I want you to know this. When Jesus came to earth, he came to his own hometown. He came to his own people. He recognized that we lived in a broken world and the world was broken because we're broken. Jesus didn't come preaching against us. He didn't come preaching against his hometown. He didn't come calling them all out for all the problems in their city. He came for Nazareth. He was for Jerusalem. 
He was for the Jewish people. He was for you and I. He was for broken people. He was for people who were trapped going from relationship to relationship. He was for people who were trapped in the demonic. And he set them free and he healed their hurts and he liberated them from their past. I want you to notice that Jesus is for you. He's for our city. And because Jesus is for you, he is for our city. As a church, we are for Chambersburg. We're for Hagerstown. We are for Frederick because we know that God is for Hagerstown, for Chambersburg, for Frederick. And so with that, we wanna take a moment and we wanna pray for our city. We've invited community leaders to join us today that we can celebrate this message that God is for our city. And so we wanna take a moment and just pray with our community leaders and pray for our city. And so I'm inviting our campus pastors to come at this moment and lead in this prayer for our city. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.